Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. And we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. Welcome to the NFL Stock Exchange Podcast. In this episode, my co-host Connor and I have a very special mock draft Monday for you, but we've got some new stipulations that make this one a brand new mock draft in a lot of different ways. First off, we got trades in this mock draft. Now, I'm not going to tell you what teams we had moving up and moving down, although I think you could probably look at the timestamps and figure out exactly what's there. But you got to listen to the conversations as well, because on top of that, this is an off the cuff mock draft. We didn't do any planning for this one. The order wasn't set. The players weren't set. This is live off the top of the dome, if you will. It is essentially a live mock draft that we did. And that means that the trades we did, it was active trade value establishment we were seeing what picks were worth going up for what teams and we had a lot of really great back and forth some new destinations for some new players with some new pick locations it was a lot of fun i'm trevor sigma with me as always is connor rogers let's get after it the opening bell of the NFL Stock Exchange podcast. I am Trevor Sikama. That is Connor Rogers. This is a mock draft Monday edition of the podcast. Connor, we've had so much movement over the last week with free agency, so many big time players changing, so many first round picks even changing that you know we had to fire up a brand new mock draft. And this one's going to be a little bit interesting because for the first time, you and I are doing no pre-picking. This is all live, if you will. This is an off-the-cuff mock draft, really just testing our wit our knowledge of the class and how well we know this team so i'm excited for this one man it's a little bit different than what we've been doing in the past yeah it's on the fly hopefully no panic picks today usually trevor and i have like a two-hour pre-show before the (laughs) show that we are just going through every scenario of every team at least in the first round and uh, these mock draft mondays have been especially fun this year because it feels like every monday we have another team that's out and another team that's in with two first round picks. So they've definitely all been different. And we'll add a new wrinkle to this one. Like you said, we are doing these literally on the fly and we are not writing off trades just because we are doing these on the fly. Mm -hmm. Uh, We might be able to work out a trade or two or maybe even three, we'll see. But our old good friend, the PFF mock draft simulator comes in handy for shows like this. Yeah, dude. I mean, you just talking about now teams having multiple first round picks. I mean, post Tyreek Hill trade now, we've got the Giants, the Jets, the Houston Texans, the Philadelphia Eagles, the Green Bay Packers, and the Kansas City Chiefs, I believe, unless I'm forgetting to somebody, but I think- Did you say the Lions? You said the Lions. No, I didn't even say the Lions. You didn't say the Lions. What? There's so many teams with multiple first-round picks. Now, unfortunately, that means there's a lot of teams that in this particular mock draft, we are not getting to your team, but- Look. They all got superstars, though, because of it. <laughs> That's true. So, you guys, you don't want to hear it. I'm <laughs> oh, sorry. You got Devontae Adams. You're not in Mock Draft Monday. <laughs> sorry, you have Tyreek Hill on your team now. Two is saved. Good job. But sorry, yeah, we don't have No Mock Draft Monday. Dude, uh, Connor and I talked about this before, too, though. We are, at some point in time, going to be firing up another two-round Mock Draft, and it might even be a three-round mock draft. It's coming to you at some point. Not today, but that is coming uh, down the line. Before we get into this, we're going to kick it off, and I'm also going to switch the order up on us. Normally, Connor's picking for the evens. I'm picking for the odds because the Jets pick the evens. The Bucks pick the odds. But now we're going to switch it up. We're going to put the pressure, not just the -the on-the-fly picks, but also picking for each other's favorite team. So we're going to do that before we get to that. If you guys don't have a PFF subscription, we're using the mock draft simulator to make this mock draft happen. You guys can do that, too along with the draft guide, along with all the premium articles. If you go to pff.com and get a subscription, if you don't have one, now is the best time because you get 25% off if you use the promo code NFLSE. 
E. Check it out, make it happen, get a subscription, and start doing your own mock drafts so you can fire back at us about what your thoughts are for your team or maybe the first round as a whole. With that, Connor, my man, you are kicking it off for the first time in a long time. Let's get that number one overall pick. Who are you taking for the Jacksonville Jaguars at number one? Well, I mean, let's let it rip here. And once again, this is what we think will happen, of course. And and this, you know, I have no problem with this selection. I'm still going with Aiden Hutchinson, right? I know this has kind of been the week of, can Trayvon Walker really go number one? And everybody kind of looks at the odds on multiple sports books. And while odds can tell you a lot on sports books with recent news, buzz, rumors, they also can trick you at times. There can also be no rhyme or reason to it besides just to balance out, obviously, where the betting is going. Uh, intrigue people. Oh, I can get Trayvon Walker at plus 350, and there's a lot of steam behind this. So I'm not there yet. I don't think Trayvon Walker is going number one. I do think he's going in the top five in this draft, which is still pretty wild to me. I think this pick will be Aiden Hutchinson. Everything that they've done this offseason has kind of dictated that this would be the selection They get a high floor player uh, that is going to come in and hopefully help install a winning attitude in Jacksonville that's been absent a bit and and definitely on the defensive side of the ball as well. So Trevor, number one, we're not really going to get too cute with this. Jacksonville takes Aiden Hutchinson. Yeah, the, the Trayvon Walker odds are definitely rising up, but sometimes Vegas can trick you a little bit. As oh, yeah. Papa Sikama has always told me, there's a reason why <laughs> those buildings in Vegas are so big and so shiny. It's because uh, they win more than you do. So it's yes. something that's always <laughs> to good, note. Good the, uh, <laughs> the, the odds. That's one of my, one of many great life lessons that uh, that I learned from my father there about how to not go broke uh, doing sports gambling. Well, you brought him up. I might as well make it happen here at number two. We had Chris Burke from The Athletic on for the beginning of our guest mock draft series last Thursday. If you guys missed the first episode, you got to check it out. It's a cool series we're doing, and we're going to continue to do on Tuesday and Thursday of this week where we're having an expert or an insider for every single team help us make a mock draft selection in mock draft order. And Chris took Trayvon Walker at number two overall for the Detroit Lions. I'm also going to do that. I was convinced, man. I think it's going to happen. I feel like if Aiden Hutchinson's off the board, this one's going to come down to Trayvon Walker or Malik Willis. Those are going to be the two wild cards with this selection here at number two overall. I, I'm just, I'm not so convinced that they believe in Malik Willis that much to take him at number two overall. Instead, you look at Trayvon Walker and how he has just been ascending so rapidly throughout this draft process. And I think he's destined to go, shoot, man. You mentioned top five. I'm thinking top three. Like, if he's not going to the Detroit Lions, I feel like he's going to the Houston Texans. But I'm going to take him off the board here. I'm going to go Trayvon Walker, number two overall. Yeah, it's funny. I've seen some panic on Twitter over the last week of Jets fans that don't want Trayvon Walker at four. And I was like, don't worry, guys. They're probably not going to be there. Not going to be be there. there. (laughs) It's a problem you probably don't have to even sweat over. Right. right. So I agree with you, Trevor. I would have made the same pick for them um, if I was guessing what they'll do. But not what I would do if it was me in the chair. And I I know you said you feel the same way. Number three, the Houston Texans. Speaking of the mock draft, the guest mock draft series, uh, we had the legendary John McClain on. He He was awesome, dude. Amazing. I mean, the stories he has, you can sit there for probably days of shows and just listen. Uh, I mean, the guy's been in movies. So number three, he went with Kyle Hamilton, a pick that, you know, I remember when I did my first mock draft of the year uh, in November, I think that was the direction I had them go, looking at Casario's background in New England and looking at how much they prioritized game-changing defensive backs on the back end, not just at safety, but also at corner. But I'm not going to go in this direction, actually. I'm going to go with Ikea Kwanu here at three, and I know that they feel like, and John said this, they feel like they have their tackle situation in the short term solidified, but we know the story with Ikea. If you are one of those teams with a short-term solution at tackle, uh, and we've gone through this with multiple teams in the top 10 picks of this draft. You know, Aquano can be a guard early on. He's played left guard before. And then down the road, he can kick out to tackle. The Texans need to get better in the trenches. They they cannot run the football. They really can't do anything uh, right now with the infrastructure of their offense. Aquano, in my opinion, is the best player in the draft. And I think in this spot, he goes number three overall to the Texans. All right, man. Uh, you know, Icky, I think this is a pick that to me has always made a lot of sense that I feel like hasn't been talked about a lot. You know, no. like even even with Laramie Tunsil coming back, you know, I was guilty of this as well, simply because it just, you and I are trying to communicate what we believe is going to happen. And it just doesn't seem like they're still going to be super high on tackle, but they should be. And so you saying that this is on the table for them, 
the logic follows that. So maybe it's an instance where we haven't heard a lot about Icky going number three to Houston, but that doesn't mean it's completely off the table. Because it would. It would make a lot of sense to have Larry Mitunso on one side, Icky Kwanu on the other. Man, that'd yeah. be fantastic. That'd be great for however this franchise wants to go uh, post to Sean Watson era. If there's anything I want our listeners to take away from this show uh, before and after the draft, it's that teams do not draft, for the most part, majority. There's a sample size of a few. Teams do not draft thinking of the season ahead. They draft thinking the season's two to three years ahead. Mm-hmm. And, and the Texans are the pinnacle of that for where they are in the progress of rebuilding. Um, So, you know, sure, they can take Kyle Hamilton. That wouldn't shock us either. But when you look at their line and you're going, I don't know if a Quanu, you know, there's no room on the left side or anything like that. You're thinking long term and you're thinking the blueprint of what Casario is going to do. All right, that puts the Jets up at number four. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm first one to look at pressure. You took, he's he's, he's took... been this up for months. <laughs> for months, he's like, I don't want this. Here you go. And you took Gicky from me. You took the you took the yeah, pick but that we have been just penciling in for the right. Jets for so long. You just take him at number three, and my heart's out here sinking when I heard you, you say that. You got this, though. You got this. I do got this. I do got this. You and I have had a lot of conversations uh, off camera about yes. what exactly we kind of think the Jets would do. And even though we think that they love Iki Aquano as a prospect, and if he was there, he would make it happen. I'm going to go with Kayvon Thibodeau. And I think we have a lot of love for Aki Aquanu because the theory of him is still there. There's not a guarantee that he's going to go number one overall or something like that. Certainly where there was whispers and chances of that about a month ago. That's a little bit less here. There's reason to believe he's going to be on the board still at number four for the Jets. And so that's why I think that we're seeing a lot of Aquanu picks for the Jets. But if he is not there, I don't think they're going to pick corner this early. And I don't think they're going to pick wide receiver this early. Yep. I think they're going to go with an edge rusher. I think they're going to go with the pass rusher. It's got to be Kayvon Thibodeau. If you ask me, I think Jermaine Johnson could be tempting here. I think he sure. might be on the board. They might think about it. But at the end of the day, I think the Jets would settle in on Thibodeau going number four if the board fell the way it is right now. So I'm going Thibodeau at number four. How did I and do? I, I, How did I do? 10 out of 10 i agree i I think and you know maybe a 9 out of 10 because like you said it there's the slice that could be jermaine because they fall in love with the person and the pro readiness and the run run defense packaged with everything put together as a rusher Mm -hmm. i look at robert sala and i go he's gonna watch thibodeau and be like i just i can get this guy to be a superstar I'm not a believer in all of this nonsense about him. Yeah, he care, he's a smart guy. He cares about his brand. He cares about life outside of football. He also cares a lot about football on the field. And Robert Sala, the thing he cares more about than anything in the world is edge pass rush. And that's what Thibodeau brings. And in this spot, I mean, he's the best player on the board. I, I think you nailed it. And, and I think that's how it would go in this spot. I think that he... And I think Robert Sala is the right coach for Kayvon Thibodeau, right? He's a player's guy. He's developed pass rushers. He's helped pass rushers grow. It's a system that Thibodeau can get off the ball and have a really productive, really impact. So number five, the New York Giants here. Um, the first of two picks in the top 10. Situation became kind of easy Besides the debate between Charles Cross and Evan Neal, I'm going to take Neal here. I think they would like his experience at right tackle in 2020. They can keep Andrew Thomas on the left side. Obviously, Thomas did play right tackle in college as well, so you're not too worried if you have to flip him over. I think Charles Cross is a little bit better of a pass protector than Neal. I think Neal's a little bit more of a complete rounded player. They want to run the ball with Saquon Barkley. Evan Neal goes fifth overall, and if you're a Giants fan, you're pretty happy with how things fell here. Yeah, I think that I think that this is definitely going to be some sort of trench pick here for the New York Giants on one side of the ball or the other. Now, I don't think that that necessarily means that when we get to seven, it's going to be the opposite. Like if they picked an offensive lineman uh, at five, it doesn't mean they're going to go defensive lineman at seven because yep. I think that they have another target that you and I have chatted about a little bit that I'm curious to see if you pull the trigger because you are still picking at number seven for them. So I don't think it's a guarantee, but I do think this first one's probably, I, I would say like 80% going to be a trench player unless they really feel like they can't get, um, I know I know they're targeting corner, which is a conversation. With wink. That, that we're you gonna have get. to. Right, right, right. So, I mean, they might think about Sauce Garner, but. Who's taking Who's taking him before seven, though? Right, 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 right. Is somebody trade mainly? 
you don't have to worry about the Carolina Panthers doing that. Cause if they did that, they just move, <laughs> the franchise, move the franchise, but I don't think they are going to do that. So who's going to trade up for the Carolina Panthers for sauce. Do they think that's going to happen? Point. Cause if not, it's then just take the trench player, especially the offensive lineman. Cause you know, that Carolina might pick that anyway. So that's kind of my overall thoughts of it. I agree completely with what you're saying there at number five um, for the giants going Evan Neal. Number six, Carolina is on the board. I'm going to have him take Malik Willis. And I, I, yes. I, I think that for a while I was kind of fighting this thinking, look, my own personal evaluation of Willis and where I see his game and how far I think he is away from really competing. But there's just, there is no doubt about it that regardless of what I think about his tape and where he is currently, as opposed to what people believe he could be in the NFL, I think there's a wide gap there. A lot of people just absolutely love him, man. We watched Malik Willis's pro day last week, and you know he hit the 65-yard bomb in the end zone and starts sprinting down, holding up the one finger, smiling. Everybody's going crazy around him, and the teams see that, man. And we, we also saw that at the Senior Bowl in a very short period of time. He was getting so many guys to gravitate around him, and that's also a major intangible X factor part of being a franchise quarterback. And Carolina sees that. I think it's more likely now than. I'll say ever in this draft process that Carolina would take a quarterback at six. Cause I think we've had to work ourselves up to this quarterback class being taken at that point, but I'm going to go Malik Willis here. I'm going to take Malik Willis for the Carolina Panthers. um, And they got to get a guy that they can believe in. So I think that Malik's going to be the guy. My debate for the Panthers has gone from, will they really take a quarterback in the top 10 to which quarterback is it going to be? That's where I'm at with the Panthers right now. Yeah. Cause Pickett's Pickett's on the board too, man. Like I pick, I, I know that they went to Kenny Pickett's pro day. They not uh, ruled out. The, the, the tweet was the tweet was that they, the report said that they checked out Kenny Pickett's hands. hands. I think it was, I think it was Scott. Was it Scott Fitterer? I think it was Scott Fitterer. Looked hold at Kenny ball, Pickett's hands. hands. And then, <laughs> and then somebody <laughs> in the tweet, somebody in the tweet said that he just like, like he nodded, like he gave it the, the yeah, like the, yeah, the aggressive, approval. like the, yeah, that'll do. Like so unbelievable. <laughs> this process, like so weird, so this, weird, this and so great, is absolutely amazing. So, oh I my god, that, I think Pickett's on the board as well. But I think clearly, if Willis is there, he's going to be their guy at six. Yeah, I mean that's where we are with the Panthers right now. That we th- we think, and that, it changes the entire draft. Having a quarterback go in the top ten is is going to push another good player. Um, to you know, if your team is picking in the teens, you got to be feeling really good about the, the uh, you know the prospects of that. So I, I think Malik Willis versus Kenny Pickett's got to be a hot debate in that draft room, and I'm fascinated to see how it plays out. Seven, the Giants are back on the clock. You hinted at it already, and they got their tackle at oh. five, which I think is the smart plan. It's Sauce Gardner here. Oh, Yo, you're you know, making the pick. All making right. the pick. Okay, because right. you look at it. For me, it comes down to is it Sauce Gardner. Is it Kyle Hamilton? I don't think it'll be a safety. Mm-hmm. Is it a pass rusher like a Jermaine Johnson? I, I think the options are honestly pretty limited of what they do here, where this feels like a pick that has a good chance of happening when you study Wink Martindale's history. The And, and before we started the show, uh, Pat Leonard tweeted that James Bradbury will be traded. Will okay. be traded. Which is so, huge. Yeah, he, for it's this a pick. huge factor in this pick so when you yep. take him out of the equation you don't go into the season with wink and go we don't really have much at corner because that's how the entire defense is essentially built um so sauce is worth this pick without a doubt there's no worries about that i mean he is my seventh overall player it's the seventh overall pick uh he is a necessary asset for a team like the giants and i think this has a really good chance of happening with them shoring up the offensive line a little bit in free agency. They got some serviceable players in Feliciano and Glowinski mm-hmm. and Evan Neal at five. I, I think that's a solid strategy. And, and to believe that that happens, coming away with a really good trench player and then believing that they're going to come away with a top corner who they absolutely love. I mean, look, I've, I've heard from a source that he is very high on the Giants board, that they very much like Sauce Garner, and it's a real possibility that uh, he's also maybe even the pick at five. Like, I think that they wow. really like this guy, and I think that if James Bradbury is traded, like Pat reported, and that we think is going to happen, because he's Pat's obviously great at his job, very plugged yeah. in. So I think that that's going to happen. When that happens, it all opens up. I think the possibility is there, but I think one of five or seven is going to be uh, is going to be Sauce Garner there. So it's funny because we have the Falcons on the clock now, and Kyle Hamilton is still on the board. I would have told you that this is an awesome spot for Kyle Hamilton. Like 
I'd say like two, three weeks ago, I'd have said, man, if Kyle Hamilton can make it to number eight, I think the Falcons would love him. Just a difference-making kind of a player. You, know, you still got Matt Ryan. You got Russell Gage in the fold, right? Uh, Calvin Ridley is going to come back, you hope. Or if, if he's not going to come back, you're going to get some kind of draft capital for him. You're going to be able to replace him. Things are going to be okay. You got Kyle Pitts, right? And now they have none of that. <laughs> they have absolutely none of that on the offensive Ooh, side of the ball. So, change quick. Yeah, I, I just I, I don't really know where they go at this point. I think they signed Marcus Mariota as kind of this stopgap quarterback, but I, I don't think they're picking Kenny Pickett. Like maybe if Malik Willis is on the board, they think about it. But if they didn't pick Justin Fields last year, they didn't pick Mac Jones that's last a hard year. Sell. How are you picking Malik Willis this year? Right. That's a, that's tough, man. That's, man. that's not that that would not be a good look. The fan base would not be happy about that one. So I think that they're kind of rolling with the offense the way that it is right now. And they're hoping that they can make a big splash in that addition here at number eight. I'm going Garrett Wilson. I feel like Garrett Wilson is more of the consensus wide receiver one. I think that he seems to be somewhere at least wide receiver one through wide receiver three. He's not really any less than that on teams boards. Um, and if he's the Falcons top guy, then he's going to be the pick here. But honestly, whoever they have is wide receiver one that's probably going to be a pick because they simply do not have offensive weapons outside of Kyle Pitts and Cordero Patterson. And for as fun as those guys are, you've got to get somebody else there to make things happen. Because I don't think people realize just how much Matt Ryan made up for that roster underperforming last year. They're going to learn. And they're going to learn this year. They're going to learn So I'm going to go with Garrett Wilson. I think that Garrett Wilson is probably going to be a high target for them. And if he happens to be their wide receiver one, he's going to go off the board here at number eight. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. They're an interesting team because Wilson is probably the best pro-ready player at a spot that they need one. They they really can't wait. They're, they're just drifting out to sea right now. Now that Matt Ryan's gone, they didn't get to Sean Watson. They brought in Marcus Mariota. They did bring back Patterson. They do have Kyle Pitts. They're just one of these teams that's just floating around. And you're trying to figure out what they are. You know, it, it fascinates me. Do they argue for a Drake London in that room and go, we're going to be bigger than everybody, our offense. We have Kyle Pitts, who's going to mismatch everyone in the slot. Drake mm-hmm. London's going to mismatch everyone on the outside. Cordero Patterson, a six foot two, 220-pound running back guy that you can motion and flex. He's going to be bigger than a lot of guys, and we're bigger and faster and stronger. That all sounds good and fun, but you make the better point. Like Garrett, well, they need somebody that can get open right away, right? right? So. Right. They're, they're a tricky team right now because they are the teams that are always just drifting are very hard to figure out. So yep. I don't I don't think that's crazy at all. Number nine, the Seattle Seahawks are on the clock. Uh, speaking of drifting and just having no idea, this is back to back. The Falcons and the Seahawks are just moved on from franchise changing quarterbacks yep. of their offseason like Russ and Matt Ryan changed those franchises for right. this era. Yep. And now they're gone. And you look at it and go, what's your identity, right? Like, with the Seahawks, Pete is still there. So you know they're going to want to run the ball a million times. But Atlanta is a little harder to figure out because the staff's newer, you know, top to bottom. The Seahawks, to me, I think, unlike Atlanta, are truly just going to try to keep things going and operate how they always do. And in keeping that in mind, to me, this pick is Jermaine Johnson. They need a pass rusher. His 10-yard split is in the premium elite territory, and that's the kind of guys they want rushing up front, guys that are so quick off the ball and can win with that instant speed, but he's got a lot of polish as well. He can stop the run. So I think at nine, if they didn't move, this could be a tradable pick. Mm -hmm. I think they stay put and take Jermaine Johnson. Yeah, I think it could be tradable. The only only thing that gave me hesitation with a trade back from them is like, did you trade Russ just to trade back on your highest pick? And that's that's the part that kind of because I'm totally with you. There, well, then you're that, rebuilding completely. Right, th- then you're th- you're a team that needs a lot, and trading back would make sense, especially for the right price, and like especially if one of these quarterbacks are on the board and a team's moving up for then, then it obviously makes sense. But it's harder for me to think that that they would pull the trigger on that just because it's like okay, you you just you gave away your best player. And of the picks you got back, this is the best one that you got, and you're gonna move. You're gonna move out of it. So who knows? I, I just it, there's a lot of factors that go into what Seattle could do here. It's very dangerous to get into the mind of a Pete Carroll right now because we just we don't know what's <laughs> we don't know what's going to happen. They're really built don't. very odd though, where they're paying two safeties damn good money. Terrible. That are when you're paying two safeties like that, you're assuming that that's a team that's trying to 
you know, they're over the hump and they're squeezing the money in and trying to win, but that's not who they are. So, and they're going to have to pay DK, right? Which, uh, when you think of it like that, it makes you really think that DK could be moved. And I know they like him, but are they going to pay DK all that money? Are they going to try to get cheap at quarterback, right? And maybe they shock everyone and take Kenny Pickett. Who knows? I don't know. I don't know, man. I think there's there's so many things that are on the board for Seattle. But Jermaine Johnson's not a bad pick. I think it's a really good pick. And I no, think that I like this, is, this is a guy who is destined for the top 10. We got the New York Jets up again at number 10. Okay. I got the, uh, I got the, well, at first I got the 10 out of 10 from Connor at pick number four. Yeah. And then he, they changed it to I a nine back. out of 10. So just so really dang good. We're shooting for perfection here. You know, the obvious selection is Drake London, and he's yes. still on the board. I mean, I'm looking at anybody else. I mean, what what else would they consider here? I think corner is something that they would consider, but you and I have had this conversation where you you kind of feel like unless they're really compelled by a corner, you think it's more likely they wait till top of the second round for corner, right? Yeah, I would be floored if they, with Sauce gone, if they took a corner at 10. And I'd be also floored if they came out of the first round without a wide receiver. Trevor, they have struck out. And let's be fair, struck out's a little harsh in this sense, mm-hmm. but they checked in on Calvin Ridley. And then the Falcons were like, hey, sorry, guys, this trade's not happening. We can't tell you why. So they checked in on Calvin Ridley, right? So when you hear that, you're like, okay, maybe they like Garrett Wilson. They have checked in on Amari Cooper. That one was a little loose, obviously. They were all in on getting Tyreek Hill. So right. like, do they want speed? Do they want right. Jamison Williams? They're just this team that they keep telling you publicly over and over again we need a top-flight wide receiver along yeah. with Corey Davis and Elijah Moore, and we brought back Braxton Berrios, but we paid him like a number four and special teams guy. So they're kind, they, they're, they've showed their hand. I mean, they've literally taken their cards and flipped them, and been, this is our cards right here. This is what we're going to do. My only who wants to be a millionaire, phone a friend, calling up Connor Rogers to help me out with this pick here is what about Kyle Hamilton still being on the board? Great point. And because, I almost forgot he's ob- there. Obviously, they crazy. signed they signed Jordan Whitehead, but yeah. I know I know Jordan Whitehead very well. He's more of a downhill safety. They have Ashton Davis. Do they like Ashton Davis a lot? Because he's been there's bad. Not, there's he's not been really real a lot bad. of other depth on the roster, and this would feel like a perfect You're Kyle right. Hamilton fit here. So what I'd say is the only way they, they take Hamilton in that spot, and this is realistic, by the way. This isn't like a Hail Mary. If they believe... They have a lot of picks, right? They have 35 and 38, right, right. and they, they have 69. Um, nice. If you, Yeah, very nice. If you could package 35 <laughs> and 69, whatever you want the package to be, to go back into round one and get a wide receiver. And I think that's realistic because they did. They went up and got ABT last year. They moved way up to get ABT. So mm-hmm. did they see it and go, damn, we're going to kill it with value at 10. We got our pass rusher at four. We're going to kill the value at 10. We can't believe Hamilton's here. And now we have a trade worked out to go get one of the big five wide receivers. We don't need these 10 rookie classes over and over again. We're going to go get players. Then I think you can take Hamilton here if you have that trade worked out to come back up into the top 20. All right, I'm I'm going to pick Hamilton then. I'm going to pick Hamilton. I think they're going to look at somewhat of the, I don't want to call it like scarcity. Cause you could also get a safety. Ah, you get a safety effect. Ah, no. Yeah. This is tough, man. This is really tough. I'm going to go. You're playing with fire. Lewis Seen's not going to be there. If Lewis Seen Seen was going to be there, I think I'd pull the trigger. Because essentially what the Jets are going to, we've spent way too much time on the Jets here at number 10. But essentially the blueprint (laughs) for the Jets is either going to be Hamilton and a wide receiver at the top of the second round or a wide receiver here and you're trading back up in the first round to go get Lewis Seen. But you got Brisker. You got Dax Hill. Shoot, man. All right, fine. I'm picking Drake London. Sorry. I'm doing it. Fine. I'm picking Drake London. I'm just saving your mentions. That's all whatever. I'm doing. I'm still, whatever. I'm picking Drake it's London. Good draft. Wide it's receiver draft. one, big, tall, goaded. You're up at 11. Goaded. He said goaded. All right, 11. We're moving on from the Jets. All of that to repeat Kayvon and Drake. All of that. <laughs> 11 the Washington Commanders are on the clock and my goodness man you know what we're at the Kyle Hamilton conversation all over again I, I we really are but I look at this spot and I still think they need a wide receiver 
in this draft. And we've only had two go. It's not like the floor has completely fallen out from under us. I don't love their safeties where I'm feeling great about passing Kyle Hamilton in the spot. You know, after saying all that, I'm going to take Kyle Hamilton. Okay, all right, there we go. He's just, he's too good, and they need a safety. They know they need a safety, and I think they can pair Scary Terry with a later wide receiver. They don't have to floor it here. With Drake and Garrett Wilson gone, right? Drake and Garrett Wilson are gone. That kind of hurts this spot. Mm -hmm. I'm going to take Kyle Hamilton at 11. See, the fun thing about doing it this way, Trevor, is we really, you hear us talking in our own heads through the entire process. Right. Yeah, this player was just... gone. I didn't know that player would be gone. This team needs this. I didn't know, you know, that this would fall into their lap. That's the perfect example to break down 11. People like to watch us panic on camera. And oh, so this, I think this, that, is, yeah, this is this is this is great for them. OK, bad. Minnesota Vikings are up at number 12. Uh, by the way, uh, the PFF mock draft simulator still has quarterback as the number one need for the Washington Commanders. And oh boy, that is a shot. Uh, Minnesota Vikings also have speaking quarterback of that, <laughs> also have quarterback as a need. My goodness. I'm not going to go. I'm not going to go quarterback here, though. Of course, with Kirk's recent extension fully guaranteed, yeah. he's going to be around for two more years. So who would they pick at 12? Are they a sleeper cell for Jamison Williams because of Thielen's age? Because of Thielen? I'm not saying that's going to happen. I'm just saying are they the biggest sleeper for Jamison that nobody talks about ever. They, any, they got anybody in the wings behind him? I didn't think so. They got BC Johnson. They got Amir Smith-Marset. So I probably it's not a not, bad group. Probably yeah, it's not, not a bad group. They got KJ Osborne as well. So I would – that's very intriguing. It's intriguing that you threw that out there. I don't think it's going to be super high for them. Uh, man. Stingley's there if they want to really I get risky. think Stingley – I think they've got to go Stingley here. It makes the most sense for them. I'm going to go Stingley. I'm, I'm going to pick Stingley. Stingley's too yeah. good. He's too good. Look, healthy Derek Stingley, top five player in this class. Don't want to hear it. Wipe my hands of it. Don't want to hear it. I, if, now, if the foot checks out, that's the player that we're talking about. And the reason why he's going so late in mock drafts is because as of this moment, we still aren't exactly sure, right? Barely played this past year, had the foot injury this past summer, had the surgery, still wasn't able to run at uh, – at the combine, like what Derek Singler are we getting here? Help us out. So we don't exactly know. That's why he's falling here, but the talent is too good. I'm having, Hey, he's going number 12 in this job. Vikings. All right. so badly. I, it's fair. All right. The Texans are on the clock at 13, uh, picking in the Browns slot because of the Deshaun Watson trade. Yep. Iquanu went third overall for them. So as much as Charles cross is on the board and that's all good and fun and amazing. It will not be Charles cross. Uh, a little bit of a shocker here. We have not had this pick yet, Trevor. I'm going to go Jordan Davis for them. I look at the Texans' yes. mentality. Yes. They want to be with Casario bigger, faster, stronger than everyone else. You walk out around one with Icky Aquanu and Jordan Davis, you've done that on both sides of the ball. I, I just think it's a simplified process. Uh, I did find it interesting when we were talking to John McClain here. He emphasized a couple of times it will not be wide receiver. And when he kept saying that, I'm like, okay, they like Brandon Cooks. I think they can get some later round guys. Mm -hmm. That is a big domino at 13 when you take that off the board and then things can change. But I look at the old school mindset of that front office and just think that they will go gigantic athletic humans in the trenches. Aquano and Jordan Davis fits that bill. Yep. I do. That is, that's the most accurate Texas mock draft I've ever heard. What you just, what you just put together there. I think that that is, I think they've been hard to figure out spot on. That is, that is spot on right there. Okay. Baltimore Ravens. Uh, okay. I think I might do a trade here. I like it. I think I'm doing a trade. I think I'm going to trade with the green Bay Packers. I think I'm going to have the Packers come up from 22. Yeah. Hold on, I'm just checking to make sure. Just double checking to make sure. I'm going to have the the Packers coming up from 22 getting Jamison Williams here at number 14 cuz they got to jump up. If the Packers want Jamison Williams cuz they're picking 22, they've got to wait for Philly to pick 3 times. They got to look at the Chargers, probably aren't going to pick them, but the Saints, that's another team that's right there that needs a wide receiver. You can't receiver. do it. The New England Patriots, there's not even a guarantee that you're going to get Olave. Like everybody keeps going, "Oh yeah, let's just pencil in Olave for the Packers." I don't think he's I'm there. Like, he going to be there? I don't think you, he'll be there. The, you realize the gauntlet of teams that need a wide receiver before he gets there. So, 
I'm going to have the Packers trading up. Let's see trade here. Let's see what we can get. All right. Baltimore Ravens, uh, Green Bay Packers. We're doing this live on the fly. Okay. 22, 14. All right. What do we got to give up? What do we got to give up? If we give up, uh, not interested in the trade. Why not? <laughs> I'm just out here just like selecting random picks. All right. To move back eight spots. Let's give them. It's like a late second round pick, I believe, is the yeah. overall value. Yeah. I so think, a three and a four? I think we're going. Tricky. We're giving them 53 and 59. I'll make it happen, man. We'll go 53 and 59. I've wow. got them popping up, making it happen. They got to get a wide receiver. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Have yeah. to go get one. And is that a little overpaying? Yes. I think that probably when there's Who less cares? sweat on the line, yeah. you think about it here. I think that you can actually um, make this one happen, maybe for a little bit cheaper. But I, I think the Packers are going to move up here, and I'm going to go with uh, I'm going to go with Jameson Williams. I think it's the right move for them. I think that they need to be aggressive. You're in it to win it with Aaron Rodgers right now. You got to find a way to be. It doesn't matter the cost. You got to do it. You can't sit there on your hands and be like, let's pray. Uh, it's not how the draft works. All right. The Eagles are on the clock for the first of three times on today's show in the first round at 15. They are an interesting team. You can argue. We always argue they need linebacker. They need some DBs. I still think they need some help for the long-term future on the interior of their defensive line. Charles Cross is there, but I don't think they're ready to, you know, add a tackle in spot. As much as Lane is, is not speaking, well, then you're moving Cross over. There's a lot to unpack there. Uh, so with the Eagles here at 15, and we know they still need a wide receiver to pair long-term with Devontae Smith, this board did not break great for them no, in this really spot, Trevor. They really were a team that I would have taken Jamison. I would have taken Stingley. Um there's a lot of guys that are gone that Jordan that Davis. Made. I mean, Jordan, yeah, you can make that argument for 100%, sure. 100%. Devontae Wyatt's still there. He still makes that sense for him. Is the guy I had my eyes on the most. I yeah. think they can look at Devontae Wyatt to be life after Fletcher Cox. And nobody will be the great Fletcher Cox in Philadelphia. But uh, we're going to go with Wyatt at 15 here because he, he's, you know, is it a smidge early? I don't know. It, but the point is, it's a need. It's a player that can play three downs for them. Uh, and it allows him to come in and develop at the right pace. Not be a superhero right away, although I think he could be a very productive rookie. Okay. All right. So you're going to you're going Devontae Wyatt at 15. At 16, I'm going to go with Devontae Wyatt's teammate. I'm going to go with Lewisine. I told you that he's not going to be I there to pick late in the back end of the first round. He's I soaring. Think. I think that his stock is just hitting the ceiling, man. And I think that the Eagles need that speed. They need that speed in the secondary. I know they got Harris as well, but they're going to need a, free, a starting free safety next to him. That's what Lewisine can do for you, man. He's got the speed to give you the range. He can be a versatile defender for you. I think he's going to get picked in the... I think it's going to be back half of the first round, but this is where it starts for him. It truly does. All three picks for Philadelphia are well within range of where Lewisine could go. And so this is probably his earliest i would say right here in this little group of picks but i really do think that he's going to be high on philadelphia's radar they're going to try to get faster on the defensive side of the ball so i'll go lewis scene here at 16 for the eagles all right so the eagles load up on defense back to back wide and seen from the championship georgia defense the chargers are on the clock at 17 here charles cross is on we're gonna flip him to right tackle or maybe they ask slater too i know it's a lot to ask after the season slater had Charles Cross is a top 10 player. Yep. The Chargers have a need at tackle still across from Slater, wherever that is. You just This is a gamble you take. You figure out the, the sides when you get into OTAs. He's too good, Trevor. He's too good. If Charles Cross is here at 17, I don't know how they would pass a player of that. And then you have two bookend tackles for the next eight years uh, that can be top seven tackles in football. That's insane. Yep. No, I agree with you. I think that that's, that's a... That's I know they have other needs. That's another absolute but, home run for them. No, 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 no. Like they, they had the free agency period to be able to make a selection like this, right? Yeah. I mean, like that's exactly what you went out and you spent the money over the last two years to be able to do is have this kind of flexibility, get yourself two offensive tackles. It makes a lot of sense. The team that I think is really hurting from that pick is the New Orleans Saints teams to pick right after them because after losing to Ron Armstead, yeah, great I mean, call. they've got Ryan Ramchick at right tackle, but then uh, James Hurst, uh, I'm seeing here Caleb Beninock, Jordan Mills. They're free agents, anyways. You're not really kicking any Man, interior guys out the left tackle. A lot for them. Yeah, 100%. I kind of overlooked Armstead. Just not. I just. 
for the longest time felt like they were going to figure it out with Armstead. Yep, yep, and they did not. I'm, I'm going to pick Trevor Penning. I was, I was going to say, I I'm going to go, go with Trevor Penning here. Look, I, I get it. Chris Olave still on the board. It, it makes sense for him, but you got to be able to keep that offensive line as strong as possible, especially with not Drew Brees back there, right? Especially with not that offensive juggernaut um, with nine back there. And I think that they found that out the hard way and it only gets more difficult without Teron Armstead. So you got to make sure that that guy's in there as well. I'll go Trevor Penning to continue to hopefully allow that offensive line in New Orleans to be one of the better ones in the NFL. Which puts you up with the Eagles in 19. Eagles are back on the clock again. Remember, they got teammates, Lewis Seen and Devontae Wyatt with their back-to-back picks. I'm going to look on the offensive side of the ball finally here. Talked about the wide receiver pairing with Smith. Smart. Going to go with Traylon Burks in this spot. I Mm -hmm. think it would be more of a size and, you know, build-up speed kind of pick with Burks uh, to pair with Devontae Smith. Alave is intriguing here, but I just think they're just not the type of team, Trevor, with the way they run the ball that they're going to have two 185-ish pound guys out there. And they're good players. Devontae Smith's great. Chris is great. They need a a certain kind of counterpart to Smith, and Burks is that kind of player. Uh, just because the testing was underwhelming, he's still easily a top 20 player in this draft. He is a physical smash-mouth guy that I think the Eagles would fall in love with if he made it this far. All right, I have another trade that I want to do, but before we get to that, i got to talk to the good people about... Our friends over at All22, they're unveiling, unveiling the newest fantasy football game that hundreds of PFF employees have already been playing, myself included, and I got to tell you guys, it's freaking awesome. All22 uses weekly PFF grades as one of its main scoring components to test your ability to build a full 53-man roster. So think about what you do with fantasy football, right? You draft at the beginning of the year, but it's only the offensive players mainly. It's based off of stats. You go head-to-head against somebody uh, every single week of the year. Well, it's that format, but everyone is included. You, you're drafting offensive linemen as well. It's like a Madden fantasy draft meets fantasy football. So you're drafting a full team, and you're scored not off stats, off real performance, how they are actually played. So it's truly your team and how they play versus someone else's team and how they play every single week virtually, of course. Dude, it's it, it, it's a lot of fun. I hope everybody can check it out. Join the waitlist right now, all-22.com. Nothing more than your email is required to be able to do that. If you join the waitlist before the NFL draft, you're going to get a special promo code for the All-22 subscription. Waitlist users will also gain access to premium content like the inaugural draft guide, in-season strategies, feature releases, and so much more. Be sure to follow them, All-22 underscore PFF on Twitter so you can keep up with it. All-22, it is premium fantasy football powered by PFF. I teased it. I got a trade. All right? Now, the Steelers are normally a team that we think about moving up get very aggressive, go up and get a quarterback. I think they really want Malik Willis. I really do. I think they'd be okay with Kenny Pickett, but I, don't, I, I have not heard this burning love for Kenny Pickett. So instead, maybe that's not the case. Maybe they're all in on Ken. Maybe they're all in on Malik Willis. And if not, they're kind of okay with the situation that they have now a quarterback, at least, you know, get Mitchell Trubisky in there. And, and maybe he, he's the guy that they want to make it happen. Or maybe they just don't love Pickett enough to for sure pick him. I think the Kansas City Chiefs have to get aggressive of going to yeah. get a wide receiver. And watching Jamison Williams and Traylon Burke come off the board, if the Pittsburgh Steelers are sitting there with no Malik Willis to pick, maybe Kansas City calls them up and goes, we're going to give you, I don't know what the picks are going to be, to move from, what's the 29 and 50. 29 and 50 to move up to get Chris Olave. That's what I think that they're going to do. And you you pick for the odds. So I'm picking for the evens and you're picking for the odds. So is that what, is that what you you think that's enough to make a deal? Cause I don't want to just jack your, your pick here. No, I think it absolutely is. I, I think that you might have to pay up a little bit because they know how badly you're in the AFC together. You're, you view each other as, you know, key cogs against each other to get to the title game. I, I think it wouldn't be cheap. I, it's on the trap. You know, you look at the draft trade chart. That 50th pick is worth 400. 29 is worth 640. So you're looking at 1,040 to go up to a pick worth 850. So you are paying a tax. Yep. But you're paying a tax because there's no receivers left after this. And, and, and I get it. People constantly bring up, like, you know, Christian Watson, Sky Moore, I, Jahan Dotson. I get it. And I like those players a lot. I'm just saying there is a different tier for where Chris Olave is, assuming Olave is the last of the big five. Mm-hmm. And I think you're spot on. And I, that's a pick that I, I can get behind easily because Olave would have went 21 
to New England. Which is which is why I made the deal. Which is why it, I think Pittsburgh calls that's them. That's how up the and draft goes, works. Yeah. Hey, hey, do you want this guy? Because we got him right now. You can have him. And I think that Kansas City would want to make sure that they can make something like that happen, especially after losing Tyree Kill and the deep threat that he was. Chris Olave doesn't get to step in and be Tyree Kill, right? I don't want to make that seem like that's the case, but you get a lot better. The the field gets a lot deeper when you put Chris Olave um, on that Kansas City Chiefs depth chart. So that puts you up now at number 21 with the New England Patriots. Tough spot for them to lose out on the wide receivers, but I think they have to brace for that. I think that they are in a spot in the draft that does not tailor to what they want, and that's a top-flight wide receiver when, in this mock, this could easily happen. The Falcons, the Jets, the um, Packers traded up with the Ravens, the Eagles, and the Chiefs moved up, took receivers. If you sit back and wait, it's not always going to go your way. So we're going to look at corner, and I'm going to go a player that at first glance, doesn't really fit them uh, in Trent McDuffie because they are so man-heavy and they like mm-hmm. longer corners. But I think he's so, so smart that they will look at him and go, we know you're in a premium zone corner, but we know you can also play man. You tackle. You say you like to be moved around. We can play you outside. We can play you in the slot. We can play you at safety. I think McDuffie is the kind of brain of a player that they would fall in love with where they might be able to break the molds of what their number one corners traditionally look like also has a safety versatility too you know which i think the patriots do like in a lot of their players he can you know he like you said he's he's not experienced enough because he doesn't he doesn't necessarily have that experience but he he has the football iq to be able to play a lot of different positions which is really important for a new a new england defense as well so at 22 now it's the Baltimore Ravens on the clock because remember we had the Green Bay Packers yes. trading up to number 14 to go get Jameson Williams with the Raiders or sorry, the Ravens back on the clock here at 22. I'm going to have them going corner. I'm going to have them going Kyrie Elam. I think this I is like a group it. that definitely needs cornerback help. And you mentioned how much the Patriots like to go man coverage. I think the Baltimore Ravens are a similar team that likes to get very, very aggressive. Now there's going to be changes. Maybe there's, some schematic changes in what's going on there, but perhaps not. Perhaps they are sticking with what has been the Ravens' bread and butter, which has been a lot of pressure up front, a lot of man coverage in the back, just getting extremely aggressive with single high coverages. If they want to keep that, they can add Kyrie Elam here, which would be a really nice haul for them, moving back a couple of spots and still getting a corner that really fits what they want to do well. So Ray, uh, Ravens here at 22, I'll have them going Kyrie Elam. All right, the Cardinals are on the clock. We know how badly they need interior offensive line. I could sit here and go through Tyler Linderbaum. I could sit here and go through Kenyon Green. But at the end of the day, we're going to walk away with Zion Johnson in this one. Probably, you know, a, just a great pro-ready option at guard for them. Really good player. Uh, they need a tr- they need a plug-and-play guard. They need one, and, if, you know, some people don't like to draft those kinds of guys at 23. They'd rather take them on day two of the draft. I think Arizona has put themselves in a spot where – the board is going to break right for them, and this is such a dire need. You have your quarterback basically barking about this, right? It's he's saying it without saying it directly. This one you didn't need to put much, you know, too much brain power into. Uh, this is the same wavelength here for the Cowboys. I mean, you, you yeah. lose Lyle Collins, you've got holes on the right side of your offensive line. Canyon Green sitting there. If if he fits your team at this moment better at guard, great. If he fit, if it's a better at tackle, great. He can do both of those things, and um, I hope he gets to hone in on one position a little bit more than he did in college. Because I mean, there was one game where he played three different positions. So that's the kind of versatility we're talking about with this guy. But I think they could really use him as a plug and play kind of a right tackle, a guy who's able to step in right away and hopefully hold his own along that Cowboys offensive line. That at one point in time, look, they still got Tyron Smith, they still have Zach Martin, it's still a good unit with talent. But it's not that fearsome, no question about it. One of the best offensive lines in football, like it was in years past. So you got to st- you got to keep investing the resources, especially with Collins gone. I'll have Kenyon Green going twenty four to the Cowboys. All right, the Bills are on the clock at twenty five. I don't think this has happened in any mock draft we've done yet. The Bills were prepared last year, in my mind, to take a first round running back, and obviously Najee Harris and Travis Etienne were not there. I am not the biggest fan of the first round running back, but if there's going to be one this year, it's going to be Brees Hall. Mm. And we're going to have Brees Hall go here at 25. Now, maybe the Bills can work out where they get back a few spots and still end up with him. The top five wide receivers are gone. We've had a run on interior offensive linemen go here. 
We've had a run on a lot of really good players go here, Trevor. I yep. don't think they fear the perception of making this pick if they feel like it can make them a little run heavier, protect Josh Allen's body a little bit more, which they've been vocal about, and honestly become a team that is so loaded at the skill spots, including quarterback, tight end, wide receiver, and now running back, they think Hall is that piece to take them over the top on offense to be the most balanced, deadly point-scoring threat in the NFL. So Hall at 25. Ooh. A little bit of a, a stunner there. Hey, look, I th- I agree with you. I think that Brees Hall is definitely RB1 in this class. He's going to be the first RB1 off the board. At least that's certainly what we have heard lately. Unless it's catching up to where Kenneth Walker's stock might have been, then maybe that's the case. And we find that a little bit closer to what we get to the draft. But as of right now, surface level, it certainly seems like Bryce Hall is going to be that RB1 type. Tennessee Titans on the board. You know, they got needs on the interior offensive line. <sighs> Could I, I mean, a tackle as well. They have edge rush needs, but they've already got a lot of money tied up in edge rush, I believe. Like Autry's still there, but Dupree is still there. Hale Landry signed the big deal. Paid Landry. So, yeah, I, I don't think I don't think they're gonna be going edge rush here at 26. <sighs> Tyler Smith is on the board, and I think they're gonna love him, man. I, I think I, so. I, I just I really do. I think they're gonna love Tulsa offensive tackle Tyler Smith. And I've I've had this as a pick for them for a while. I know it's a little early. On, on on most people's radars but i think they're going to love this dude and so i'm gonna stick with it i'm gonna stick with tyler smith uh there for the tennessee titans at number 26 we're getting towards the back end of the first round i don't know if you were thinking about having anybody trade up uh i'm still looking at it still thinking about it but we're at 27 now with the bucks i think with the bucks here they are one of the hardest teams to figure out because yeah. you know we've talked about it good luck they pal. just have ev- they have everything they have everything i thought for the longest time they would grab a wide receiver um and then they you know tom brady calls russell gage and he's like down i'm in and they got godwin done they got evans like they could be thinking we just go stupid on everyone and take the wide receiver anyway but i'm not there i I, not after the gage signing i really liked your thought process with linderbaum i don't think that was insane you're thinking for the future and maybe you could find a place to play him now I am all over the place on this Bucks team, especially the way the board is broken, where let's be real. This is a draft that, you know, a lot of the great players or potentially great players are gone after the 20th pick. And it becomes more of, can I find serviceable starters or, and you know why I don't look at a job over the Bucks in the spot is the, the Brady window. They, they're going to want guys that maybe can contribute in some kind of way. Not, you know, Jabo's really looked at as a redshirt player at this point right now. So, after saying all of that with the Bucks, and I just tied myself in a complete knot, <laughs> I'm going to go with Travis Jones. And okay. my thought process there is knowing Todd Bowles, we want the biggest, nastiest front that you cannot run on. We don't need to load the box. We can help out our secondary because the beef we have up front is so stout on its own without adding. Like, we don't need all of these players in the box. You obviously are loaded with talent there. But when you look at the Bucks, the one thing you kind of think is, okay, like the Sioux era might be over here. Right, right, right. So Travis Jones and Big Vita Vea, Trevor, talk to me. Uh, look, I certainly, I, I love the idea of it. I think that's so much strength, so much beef in the middle that you are just owning the interior Todd, Todd the trenches. So important to him. So I defense. think that that strength is really big. What I've heard is that if Sue doesn't come back, they're going to try to prioritize a faster one penetrating pass or three tech. So that is what I have heard if they don't get Sue back. But like you can say that. And if Devontae Wyatt's not on the board, you're I mean, not taking you know, Perry on Winfrey here. Right. You're not you're not taking Winfrey back to the back of the first round. So essentially, like if you want to beef up your defensive line, Travis Jones is a selection. And I really like the idea of it. I'm not so sure it happens, but I do. Yeah. Again, like you said, like I love the idea of the strength of that interior with Jones and Vea both being there. So don't know if the Bucks end up doing it, but I don't think it would be a bad strategy by any means. So um yeah. It's nightmare fuel for any interior offense. Oh my line, god, that's for sure. That's for sure. Forces Camp. you to throw at a team that brought back Carlton Davis. Camp battles like, between Shaq Mason, Ryan oh. Jensen, Travis Jones, and Vita Vea would just be like insane. 
must-watch television. That'd be, that'd be pay-per-view right there. Okay, we have the Green Bay Packers now up at number 28. I had them trading up from 22, going to get Jamison Williams. Now they're up at 28, and I'm going defense. And it's a pick that the more I think about it, the more I like. I'm going to go Boye Mafe. I think the mm. NFL is really going to love Boye Mafe. Oh, yeah. I continue to go back to this pick. I think that it's a really good selection for them. You know, Karlathis is still on the board here. Ojabo is still on the board here. But Mafe's smaller size but plus explosiveness is something that I think the Packers will really gravitate towards. And even with those guys on the board, you know, a fully healthy Ojabo, this is a different question, and this is a different situation. But I think that they're really going to like Mafe and how high his explosive scores are going to be for them. So that means that their takeaways are two very, very explosive athletes in Jameson Williams at 14 and then Boye Mafe here at number 28. Yeah, I mean, Z walked. You know, they obviously were able to bring Preston back. Yep. And you have Rashawn Gary there. And then you add Boye to the mix. That kind of allows him to have a more one-dimensional role on that defensive line this year and can explode into the type of superstar talent in year two and three. All right, 29 was the Chiefs. They moved up with the Steelers. Yes. And so we have the Steelers on the clock, and Kenny Pickett's still on the board. Now, I liked your thought process. Maybe maybe they love Malik Willis, and they're, they're not in love with Kenny Pickett at 20. With them sitting there at 29, you get the fifth year option still. You take a quarterback at 29, the perception is totally different than when you take one in the top 20, the top 10, the top five. It allows you to, in a sense, even fail with a guy and take another swing a couple of years later without getting fired. So in this spot, and it takes pressure off Kenny Pickett. You take a 29th, throw Mitch out there for as long as you want. When the ceiling caves in, if it does, then Kenny gets his shot. So I am very comfortable with Kenny Pickett in the 29th overall selection for the Steelers. And I think that's a win for every side involved. I know Kenny loses a couple million that he'd like as an earlier pick, but I really think it takes some of the heat off as a savior right away. Yeah, no, I, I, I would I would agree. Uh, I think that this is a really great situation with Kenny Pickett going to Pittsburgh and having Mitch Trubisky there and not having to play right away and and kind of getting that time, like, like all the quarterbacks in this t- this class that I think kind of need it, that time yeah. to get acclimated and really figure it out before you're thrown to the wolves, if you will. And look, for as much as people kind of roll their eyes about Mitch Trubisky, giving him this second chance while you have Kenny Pickett right behind him. I think that's pretty ideal for the Pittsburgh Steelers. So I think it's good there. Um, you, we've got the Kansas city chiefs now back on the clock at number 30, because remember now they have those back-to-back picks moved up with, with Pittsburgh to go get you got something up your sleeve. What'd you, what'd you say? It sounds like in your voice, you got something up your sleeve one more time. No, I don't. Not for, not for <laughs> this pick, not for this pick. At least I don't know. I don't know if your jets people are getting on the phone. With Beach anybody just doing, wheeling huh? and dealing. He can't stop himself. That's true. That is true. So maybe this, maybe this pick does move in all actuality, but uh, with two really great edge rushers still on the board mm. in George Karloftis and David Ojabo. I'm gonna I'm gonna go with David Ojabo because I feel like obviously the, the Achilles injury sucks, man. I mean, like this dude was gonna go in the top twenty of this draft, and I still think that the first round is right there for him. Um, but it's just it's it's late in the process, which means his recovery is no doubt about it gonna eat into the into his first season. But the Chiefs are hopefully a team that is competing later in the season, late into December, into January, all that. And I think that Ojabo is gonna be able to give them a pass rush spark once they get into the postseason. Then of course, beyond that as well, you're hoping that he's giving you a lot of juice as a pass rusher that you can build around for a while because they definitely need that. They need some new blood with that pass rush. So I, it's a pick that I've made before, but I really do like it. Ojabo going 30 to the Kansas City Chiefs, which means their haul is Chris Olave and David Ojabo. You are very welcome, Kansas City Chiefs fans. All right, the Bengals are on the clock. They've done such a good job uh, rebuilding this offensive line with veterans, which is what you know we felt they should do. I mean, rather than taking the chance of that rookie development, you know, they went out and got three big-time bets for that offensive line. And we are approaching a scenario that I have been bracing for for about a full week now that I've heard more traction on. Tyler Linderbaum could very well fall to the second round. Mm. And it, it would not floor me. I've said it in the best like this. If you asked me three months ago, I would have said, never ask me that again. You're crazy. Zero percent. You asked <laughs> me now. Talk I put to me it, again. I, t- don't speak to me. Lose my number. Uh, <laughs> now I put it like 10 to 15 percent that it could happen. Damn, and he's not going to be the pick here for the Bengals, obviously, with the fallen. additions they've made. 
I'm going to go with Devin Lloyd here. I know you've been on the linebacker train for them for a while. I agree with you. They want to get a little bit faster in the middle of the defense. Lloyd plays faster than his testing times. His instincts are phenomenal. He's a three down backer. When you look at what he'd be able to do there, come into that middle of that defense, you feel good enough about their front. They obviously have money sunk into the back end. You play Lloyd with Logan Wilson. You have a really young duo in the middle of the field that can handle three downs of your defense. And I think it's low-key something with the Bengals that they have to have in mind early on in this draft. You know, it's a pick that I like a lot. And it's also a pick that Bengals fans don't like a lot. So now you get the hate on Twitter. Now they get the baton. You. Yeah. Shit on me all week. (laughs) (laughs) It's fine. It's not me this time. I do like the pick. I do like the pick. Look, I get it. They've spent linebacker. They need to get better at linebacker. I'm sorry. That's just that's that's the reality. I don't know if they're gonna do it, but they need to get better at it. They have fixed the offensive line, like Connor said, enough for them to have this flexibility if they want it. I think they should take it. It's also it. what we think they would do. That's got to be what saying. It's got to be on the board. It's got to be on the board for them. Detroit Lions, back end, here at number 32. They don't no need to again. So, I'm, yeah, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not having to pick I'm trying to brace for. Is like, the, you run yeah, into this spot. It's the worst mock draft I've ever seen if Ty Linderbaum doesn't get in the first round, but I'm not going to have him go in the first round. So Title on YouTube, garbage mock draft. Worst, this is the worst mock draft you've ever You'll seen. Ever Actually, that would, uh, that would do numbers, the views. People yeah, would just jump into the dumpster comment section. Lions, Great. we had them going Trayvon Walker at the top at number two. I'd like to get them a wide receiver. I thought about George Pickens. I thought about Christian Watson here, but they also need a linebacker really badly. Mm. And I think the Detroit Lions still believe that this is a multi-year rebuild kind of a thing, and they're going to have time to get a wide receiver. They went out and they got Chark. They already know they have a great slot guy, and I'm on our St. Brown. So they've got TJ Hawkinson, like, I think they still believe they have time and they want to make that big splash at wide receiver. I still believe that that's the case. So um, 32 Lions trading 32 overall for DK Metcalf. No, I'm kidding. I, although I like, now that what? I say it out loud, what now that I say it out loud. No, I'm kidding. Yeah. I don't think it's going to happen. I Send it in. Happen. It would be great. The lions should absolutely. Oh man. Send it. I don't think the Seattle Seahawks should accept it. No, no, no. That was me just spitballing there. I, uh, I am going linebacker though. I'm going. I'm. I'm going with Nicobe Dean. I think yeah. the Lions would love Nicobe Dean. I get it. His stock's kind of falling in the, I'll say in the media sphere because this dude's not testing, and I think he's not testing because of what Connor and I have brought up on this podcast before. He's got small limbs. He's a smaller linebacker. He's just got shorter arms, shorter legs, and so like. The zero to 60 kind of like tests or agilities, they might not be the best for him, but you see from his, you never see that show up in his play. And that means that he is so good at anticipating. He has such a high football IQ and that he is a, he is still an explosive athlete. He just doesn't have long limbs. He's just not as tall as other guys. So he's not covering as much ground with that. That doesn't make him a bad football player in any way, shape or form. He was in fact, the opposite. He was one of the best football players in the country this past year. He's still going to be a damn good pro in the NFL. Um, I just think it's going to be more of a back end of the first round, maybe early second round kind of a selection, but Detroit would love him. They got a big linebacker need. I think they would love him. Boom. There's the first round. There's the mock. Worst worst mock draft you've ever seen, folks. Yeah. Yeah. Tell us in the comments. This is the trashiest mock draft ever. (laughs) I didn't think it was that bad. I think it was was solid. You know, it's interesting that we had uh, both Linderbaum and Karloftis fall out of the first round. And I don't think that's out of the realm of possibilities in four or five weeks, wherever we are close to the NFL draft. Yeah, I agree. It's uh, it's, it's players fall all the time. Crazy to say, because I think that I don't know where you have Karloftis, but like both of those guys think it would be top 20 on my board. And to have both of them fall out of the first round, it's just uh, man, I have him 19th. You 19th. Do? Okay, so you got it. You got him top 22. So uh, consensus top 20 players on uh, the NFL stock exchange board. But we, we have said this before. The most difficult part of a mock draft is not predicting picks that make sense. It's predicting the inevitable that picks sense. that don't. <laughs> yes. That, that, that don't. I don't want to even say like don't make sense. That just you didn't think they'd go in this direction. And so we're kind of Damon trying Arnett. to put our Lord have mercy. <laughs> uh, so we're trying to put our feet in the shoes of some of these teams and see if yeah. we can uh, tell you exactly 
what we think is going to happen, what we've been uh, doing with our ears, if you will, listening to a lot of things around the NFL. So, buddy, that was fun. That was good. Uh, That was a great first off-the-cuff mock draft for us there. Let me say this. There was a lot less panic than I expected. Yeah. Yeah. Not a lot of panic. There was a couple times where we had to keep talking while I was trying to, you know, think of making the pick, Mm -hmm. which is definitely uh, an an old trick from mock drafters. Just keep talking and the pick will come to your mind eventually. No dead air. But overall... I mean, it feels pretty good considering we called it the dumpster mock draft. And, yes. <laughs> and I think, you know, it's interesting. It's like a sweet science. There's a couple of teams that you go for months, the Texans, uh, that you're just like, I just can't, I can't figure it out. And then one day uh, when you're do 80th mock draft Monday in a row, it's like that. It's just, you're like, oh, that's it. Yeah. That's what they want to be. That's what they're going to build. That's something that makes a lot of sense. And I feel like we're starting to get there in areas where we we were not there for a long time. Sure. So, I mean, it's it's cool when you start to see those results. Hopefully you guys enjoyed hearing us kind of think out loud, if you will. Some of uh, peering behind the curtain of how we've done mock drafts in the past. Uh, so that's it. You got to hear us kind of spitball all of our ideas as they are coming to our minds and then eventually making the picks that we did. The mock draft, Mattis, is not over for the week. We've got two more episodes this week, both of them mock draft focused on tomorrow's episode we are continuing the guest mock draft series with picks number four five and six that is the new york jets the new york giants and the carolina panthers so we are going to have guests and we already know who they are they are fantastic guests on to cover these teams give you the inside scoop how the season went how the offseason went what these teams are thinking when it comes to the draft and we get some great nuggets from these guys and then eventually we will have them get to make a mock draft pick eventually giving us a full mock draft in about a month right before the right before the actual draft starts is when we're going to finish this one but it's always really cool to listen and then look back and see where we came that's tomorrow and the rest of the week thanks you guys for watching the nfl stock exchange we'll see you tomorrow